0: Would you grab your Bibles with me this morning, your Bibles, your iPads, your laptop, your desktop, whatever you got with you? This morning, let's believe that there is power in the spoken word. Would you say it with me? This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you turn with me to the book of Luke? The last chapter in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 24. We are carrying on where we began a number of weeks ago, beginning to talk about all that took place around the ascension, Jesus fulfilling the purpose God had for him in the 40 days after the resurrection. Beginning at verse 50, when he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Would you bow with me in a word of prayer? Father, I thank you again that it was your plan that when Jesus went back to be with you, that you would send the Spirit And he would come and dwell inside of every person who believed. Holy Spirit, we want to say thank you. Thank you that you have come to live in our life. Thank you that you have come to teach us and counsel us. Thank you that you have come to transform us from the inside out. Thank you that we have never experienced anyone like you. And I thank you that you have prepared our hearts and our minds for all that is going to be sown today. I thank you, Holy Spirit, when the seed of the word is sown, you take it, you are faithful with it, and it does not return void, but you accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. I thank you today that you will be opening up minds, that you will allow us in this place to understand things we've never understood, believe things we've never believed before, grasp things we've never grasped before, Holy Spirit, would you turn the light bulbs on today? And we declare because of your word and because of you, Holy Spirit, we will not be the same after today. Holy Spirit, I ask now that you would take literal possession of me, possess my mind, my mouth, every part of me. I surrender myself as an instrument for you to speak through the words that I hear from the Father. Empower me to be faithful to speak them. With the authority that you have given in the name of Jesus, I bind up every demonic entity, every demonic bird that would seek to snatch the seed. I command you now to release every person and be outside the walls of this building in Jesus' name. And by faith we say thank you for what's going to take place in the powerful name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. I want to share with you really quickly a story that I know that many of you have read over the years. It took place a number of years ago after the Titanic. But when the only way of coming across the uh, ocean was by ship, there was a man who, in Europe, was believing that he needed to come to the New World. And so he saved up. He and his wife saved up everything they had. They were a young couple. They were able to purchase a ticket on the ship. They got on the ship. And it was going to be about a three-week journey coming across. And during that period of time, every day... He and his wife had packed up a lunch. They had brought crackers. They had brought cheese. They had brought some meat. And every day at mealtime, when everybody else was going into the dining room, they went to their room and they opened up their box and they ate on what they had brought. And then when they were finished, they would walk back and they'd walk past the dining room. For those who've been on a cruise ship, they'd walk past, they'd look inside and see all of these people sitting at the table, eating all this food and the buffet and all of that was there. And And they would look and for three weeks they were just longing going, it would be awesome to have been able to afford to go in there. And on the second last day of the cruise, they went into their room and they ate their meal. They they'd run out of meat and they they ate what they had left. They knew there was only one day left and they came back out on the deck and both of them were just peering into the window. And as they were standing there, someone came up and said, "Uh, can I ask you, I've seen you here looking in the window every day. Can I ask what you're doing? And they said, yes. They said, we're looking in to see all of the food and all the abundance that's in there and just wishing that we would have been able to enjoy that like everyone else on the whole cruise. And he looks at them and he goes, well, how come you haven't? And they said, well, we we couldn't afford it. We had just enough to buy the ticket. And the guy looks at him and goes, didn't you know that your ticket includes all of the food for the entire journey? And they stood there stunned because they had not been told that. The entire trip they had meagerly eaten what they had brought while everyone else was eating luxuriously because they didn't know what was included in their ticket. I want you to imagine for a moment, on the day that we got saved, someone pulled us aside and said, I want you to know what your benefit packet is. I want you to know what's included in this ticket, in this relationship with the Lord. I want you to know so that not 10 years, 20, 30 years later, you're going... How come I didn't know that? Why didn't I know that wasn't part of the package? How come I've been struggling with this the whole time? I've been looking in the window and it seems like everybody else is free. Everybody else has joy. Everybody else is happy. Everybody else has their needs met. And I've been looking in that window going, how come not me? I got to tell you what you already know. If I was the enemy and I couldn't keep you from getting saved, I would do everything in my power to make sure that you had no revelation of what came with your ticket. So that the entire journey from the time of your salvation till you got to heaven, you would be living with less than, you would be struggling, you wouldn't know who you were, you wouldn't know your authority, you wouldn't know what was included. I got to tell you, why why is this? Blaine, I was thinking about you when I was writing this message, when God was laying on my heart. I know that when you went and got your job and you moved up to supervisory position, I know in that interview, one of the things you probably asked is, uh, can I ask you what's the benefit package? What's included? You didn't ask that. Yeah, I know you better than that, right? But I was thinking when you get hired on, they're coming to you and saying, and, and they want to attract you and go. Here's what's included. You need to know. We just talked to someone about two weeks ago that just found out that where they work, included in their package, they can go for a massage that's included in their package every month. And they'd been there for years, and it's like, what the heck? The moment they found out, guess what they did? They booked a massage. The design of the enemy is to keep you and I from knowing what we have as children of God. And I just want to touch on what we began last week. If I was the enemy, I would make every power that I had so that you would have no clue of your authority as a child of God. I would make sure that you live believing that you are powerless. You can't change circumstances. Things control you and you can't break them off. Circumstances uh, rule and you don't have the ability to shift or change them. I would make sure that you function in the flesh because you have no revelation of your authority in Christ. I want to ask if you've ever had this happen. There are times where I I ask the Holy Spirit to hold my tongue because I want to release something and I know it's the flesh. Have you ever been in a grocery store and you've seen a mom with her small children, and they're absolutely out of control. Have you ever seen that? How many of you have actually gone up to them and said, excuse me, ma'am, uh, you're the parent, they're the child, would you do something here? How many of you have ever done that? How many of you thought that? Just raise your hand, if you thought that. How many of you just really don't care? How many of you? Yeah, some of you just don't care. Believe me, when you have your children, you'll care. Ah, you, you apologize to your mom every time you see that. Yeah. But I, I want you to... Th- I w- <laughs> We're going to pray more for you, so we'll, we'll do that. But I want, you to, I want you to think about that. We, as parents, we look at that and we go, you're the parent. You've got authority. You've got the power. You have the responsibility to not let your child think they're the center of the universe and control you. You are the one in control. But they live like their child controls them. And I look at that and I go, the enemy has just turned this upside down and goes, the parent is the child and the child's the parent. And then you look and you go, has that happened in the body of Christ? I want you to understand how this happened. Last week we talked about, and the Lord just said I needed to, to complete this today. Right before his ascension, he looks at them and what we talked about is he made the statement, he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. He needed them to get a revelation that all authority was his and he could transfer that authority. I want you to understand quickly how this worked. When Jesus came down to earth and he gathered the disciples around him, what he did is he allowed them to see him function with an authority they'd never seen before. They watched Jesus when a leper came in touch with him. They watched him speak to the leper and say, you go show yourself to the priest. The moment they turned around, the leprosy was gone. And it's like, what just happened here? They watch Jesus come in contact with a man who is a paralytic his entire life. He goes up to him. He speaks to him and says, take up your pallet and walk. And the guy gets up after having been lame his entire life, gets up, takes his pallet. They're looking and going, holy smoke. We're in the presence of something we've never seen before. They go into the temple and they hear Jesus speak and everybody goes absolutely silent and the word of God says they had never seen anybody speak or teach with that kind of authority. I don't want you to raise your hand. Have you ever been in a church or any other meeting where you have heard someone speak and there has been no authority? Has that ever happened? Don't raise your hand. Have you ever been someplace where you have heard someone speak and you know there's authority behind what they're saying and you go, holy smoke, there's a Grand Canyon between the two. They watched and heard Jesus speak with authority even against the highest officials that were out there. Let me say it again. He's walking down the road and here's the widow whose son is going to be buried. Jesus walks up and says, stop the party. Walks over, puts his hand on the boy and says, get up. That dead boy rises up and gets down. You got to recognize the disciples are looking at this and going, we're staying with this guy. They cross over on a boat, and they're going to the other side. In the middle of it, Jesus is asleep, and The storm comes. They wake him up, freaking out. He gets up, and he rebukes the wind, and it instantly stops. They're looking and going, who is this man? What kind of authority does he have? And they get to the other side, and they meet a couple naked guys who are living in the tomb. They got chains hanging off their arms, filled with 2,000 demons, and in a single word, the demons are pleading, going, oh, don't throw us into, into the abyss put us in the pigs. And Jesus goes, go. A single word releases 2,000 demons into pigs. And they eventually kill themselves anyway. Now, I want you to understand this. If all Jesus did was demonstrate his authority and let the disciples be wowed, you and I would not be here. Because right after he let them see it, he goes, boys, come here. I want you to do what I've been doing now. See that guy who's got the demon? Boys, I'm going to be with you. I want you to go up and cast that demon out. Would you do that? Any issues, I'll be here. We'll fix it. You can't do it. No problem. The boy's still thrashing around. He's throwing himself in the fire. He's foaming. No problem. It didn't happen. I'll come over and in a single word cast it out. And then I'll go, boys, you got little faith. I'm going to increase your faith because the time is going to come when you're going to have to cast it out. The time is going to come when you're going to pray for the leper. The time is going to come when the paralytic is going to rise up with your word. You need to come to the point where you recognize, guys, I'm going to empower you to do what I've done. In Luke chapter 9, we read about a time after the disciples had watched Jesus in authority, in power. Luke chapter 9, it says, He took the twelve, He gave them power and authority, and He sent them out by themselves. He goes, when you go out there, I want you to cast out demons, I want you to heal the sick, I want you to raise the dead, I want you to preach the gospel, I want you to go there with power, because I'm giving you my power, and I'm giving you my authority. The disciples had to believe that it's not just about Jesus doing it, but that they could do it. And we know the story, they went out there. They came back rejoicing and they went, we saw demons delivered. We saw people healed. We saw leprosy just disappear. One chapter later in, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus took 72. Beyond the 12 took 72. It says he released to them his authority. They went out and did the same thing. He's going, I'm giving you the authority I'm giving you authority to trample on scorpions and serpents. Serpents. I'm giving you authority to raise the dead. I'm giving you authority. I'm giving you authority. You just need to believe it. In the grocery store, I feel like going up to the parents and saying, you have been given authority as a parent. You just need to believe it and exercise it and your child will be okay. I honestly believe that every wild teenager out there who's getting into trouble, I honestly believe their parents should be in jail. Jesus had to get the disciples to believe when he eventually said to them, the things that I'm doing, you can do. Serious? And let me just blow your mind a little bit more. Even greater things than what I've done, you need to believe that you can do in my name. I need to get you to the place where you believe it. When they stood in Galilee and Jesus lifted off the ground after saying all authority has been given, heaven and earth been given to me, something went off in the disciples and they went back and said, we're going to wait in Jerusalem when that power comes. We're going to talk about that later. When that power comes, we believe, we believe now that he's given us the power, he's given us the authority, that we're going to go out there and we're going to risk doing what he did. I want to tell you, there has been a teaching in the church that has permeated it, and some of you have been affected by it. I was affected by it. It was a virus that went through the church for years and years and years. I grew up in a church that was full of that virus. Some of you grew up in a church that was full of that virus, and that was the virus of dispensationalism. Let me tell you what that big theological term means. That term means that all of the miracles, all of the power, all of the authority, Jesus gave it to the disciples, and it was there as long as the disciples were on earth. But when the last disciple died all of that power and all the authority and all the miracles ended. The teaching was the disciples could do it because they hung with Jesus, but after they died, it was not something that any believer could do because it died with them. And a pile of churches still today believe, they look back and go, oh, Jesus did amazing miracles. Oh, in the book of Acts, look at all the things the disciples did. But that doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't happen anymore. That virus affected the church. For those of us who are infected with that in the church, we got to a point where the Spirit of God planted inside of us and said, if this is all there is, this can't be enough, there's got to be more. And God began opening our eyes, bringing us to a place of revelation, and all of a sudden bringing us to a point where he said, this is something that every believer can do. Not just Jesus, not just the disciples, but every person who believes in Christ can do the same thing. Are you serious? I got to tell you what the Lord told me to do today. The Lord told me today that what I need to do is to communicate to you what the authority that we have can do. And I just need to get this inside of you. Some of you already function in some of these areas. For some of you, this is going to be absolutely off the chart because it has never happened to you before. I'm going to be asking some of you to share with me some of the things that God has used you in your authority in Christ's name to do. But today, the the Holy Spirit just said, Colin, you need to paint a picture of what the authority in a believer can do today, not just 2,000 years ago, but through any person who believes. And so I'm going to do that. I am not going to be exhaustive because I don't think I could be exhaustive to give all of the things that the authority inside of us can do. But I need to share with you some of the things that it can do. I want you to think for a moment. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Would you agree? I want you to think for a moment when Jesus spoke to the fig tree and it died. I want you to think for a moment if you could see the power that was released between his voice and what happened to the plant. I want you to think for a moment if we could get a revelation that every time we opened our mouth that there was a power to do something that was released. I want to tell you something that you don't want to know. I'm really not excited about it. I'm so thankful because of Jesus. It's going to make it easier. But did you know that when we get to heaven, the Bible says you and I are going to stand accountable for every word that has come out of our mouth? Every word that has come out of our mouth. Can I tell you why we're going to be accountable for that? Because the Bible says you and I as children of God, we have been given a power. We are the only creatures on the earth who have the ability to speak and to do what god could do and that is speak things into power into creation to destroy to curse to do the whole deal you and i have been given the god-like power and authority and our words every time we speak them do something and we are going to be accountable for what our words have done good or bad there's going to be an accounting of every word I remember when Kenneth Copeland made the statement, he said, when I got a revelation of the power of my spoken word, he said, one of the first things I did, I took duct tape and put it over my mouth because I recognized my mouth, my words were doing more damage than good. I've told you a hundred times and I got to tell you, uh, to me, if I could, if I had the power, I would open up every spiritual eye and allow us to see what happens when we speak. What happens when we pray? What happens when we declare? What happens when we take authority? Could you imagine if you could see instantly when you speak, what happens? I think we would shift how we speak. We'd shift how we pray. We would shift everything until we get to the point when the desired end is taking place. Can you imagine if we spoke and all of a sudden we saw the enemy empowered and curses open up and doors open to the enemy to come in? We'd go, I'm not doing that again. But because we can't see it physically, we keep on doing damage. I want to ask you a very dumb question. Have you and I been given authority over the weather? Have we? Yeah. Um, How many of you were raised with an understanding that you have been given authority to speak to the clouds, speak to the weather, you can influence the weather with the power of your spoken word in Jesus' name? How many of you were raised with that revelation? How many of you are raised? Just look around the room, would you? One. Why weren't we raised with... Well, two, Josh. Yeah, nice one. Good. Tell me, tell me why, why weren't we raised with that. I got to tell you, for me, th- this is something... We ended up meeting a guy. This is going back uh, quite a number of years ago in the church. A guy by the name of John Null. He was a missionary in Haiti. Somehow he ended up coming to our church office. He was a man who stood about four foot nothing. He came in, had a chance to meet him, ended up going for coffee with him. God just laid him a heart that this is a man of God, invited him. We had a church service in the park. I had him come down there and speak. He shared that in Haiti, he said only a couple years they had built a farm there. Only a couple years ago, there was a hurricane coming through. He went outside and he spoke to the hurricane coming right their direction. That sucker split, went around their compound farm, joined on the other side, devastation everywhere on the whole island. Their entire farm was totally protected. As a result of that, everybody's devastation, they came to the mission farm, they got food. He says, I can't tell you how many hundreds of people got saved as a result of me speaking to the hurricane. I did not hear that in my Lutheran upbringing. When I heard that, it planted something inside of me. And I remember when John Null made the statement, he goes, goes, this isn't just me who has this authority. He says, anybody who believes can do this. I got to tell you, I practiced. Jane and I went to Jamaica on one of our anniversaries. We got to the resort there. We got there, the wind was really howling the whole deal. We go and look at the news and all of a sudden it's talking about a, a hurricane that is coming across and is heading straight for Jamaica. They're going, it's going to be rained out for three days and we're thinking, I'm thinking, are you serious? Three of, our four, three of our six days or seven days are going to be totally wiped out. The Spirit of God on the inside of me, I said, Jane, let's go out into the dock. Let's go speak to this sucker and, and let's practice this. Now, if you were filming us, you would think we're certifiable. We walked out of that resort. Everybody was bunkering down. They were putting stuff away. The wind was blowing like crazy. This is Jamaica Jane. I don't know if you heard. We walk out there. We go out into the deck. They had a deck that with they had all the sailboats out there. We go to the deck. We stand on the deck in the name of Jesus. Hurricane, you go around us. You split. Do whatever. You are not going to rob from our holiday. We went back to our room. I got to tell you, we turned the TV on. We looked. I don't know how shortly after is that 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 sucker just split when totally around Jamaica, we had beautiful weather, it joined on the other side, and it was going to go hit the Florida coastline and, or another island. Oh, Cuba, it was going to hit Cuba. Jane goes, "Called. do you think we should speak to it and have it not hit Cuba? I said, I don't care. <laughs> I said, we're not on Cuba. Who cares? Let somebody on Cuba take authority. Well, we yeah, we did. We commanded it to die at sea. Uninhabited area. Yeah, that's what happened. Can I just tell you, uh, man, for a Lutheran boy, that was pretty exciting. <laughs> it's pretty exciting. Jim and Kathy Urkar aren't here today, but their daughter was getting married. They wanted to have an outside acreage wedding. We went there on the Friday night. They wanted a wedding in the evening. When it was dark. They wanted candles all over the yard, lit candles, live candles, walking down the center, you know, on every pew. They wanted the whole front with candles. The night before we went for the rehearsal, I'll tell you, a storm blew up, blew the tent over. I mean, we were soaked. The whole thing was happening. Everybody's going, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? The whole deal. And th- th- their daughter looks at me and she goes, Pastor call. And I said, let's just agree. I said, we've got the, let's just agree that the weather tomorrow will be exactly what you are wanting it to be. We stood there in that place. We were agreeing. Everybody else was freaking. I mean, they're looking at us like, what? Who do you think you are that you're going to affect this thing? The storm is coming. Can I tell you the next day? That storm disappeared. That next day, the evening was absolutely calm. There was not a candle that blew out. And can I say to you, there were so many people, as we were saying, we're just believing for good weather. We're just declaring good weather. There were so many people came up after and said, can you believe the weather? And I went, absolutely, we believed for it. I had a chance to share with more people about the authority of God in the weather than my message in the wedding that weather did because people noticed but if we don't have a revelation that we have the authority over the weather when the weather happens what are we going to do? I'll tell you what we'll do we'll go get a Tim Horton's coffee we'll sit down at the table and we'll begin bagging like everybody else about the stinking weather and how it's robbing instead of going shut your mouth stop talking to people about the weather stop talking to the weather about God Can I just say to you, and I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to take this and go, as a child of God, when Jesus stood up and rebuked the wind and it went like this, what Jesus was saying to his disciples, boys, I want you to believe that you can do the same. And you go out and you tell every person after that believes in me that that's the authority that I have given to them. Tell them, tell them. Don't let them live their entire life in ignorance. I told you the story about my mom when I was six years of age sitting in the front of the pew. I was watching her when she was prayed for by the, by the faith healer who came and I watched her leg grow about an inch and a quarter inch and a half her leg grew I mean I, I, I watched that with my eyes I planted something inside of me and I went and I looked and I went wow this man is there you planted a, a belief in healing but can I tell you until you get to the point where you actually believe that God can flow through me to do the same thing I've talked to you long time ago, about Bob Olson, an older man that God brought into my life. He is someone I sat with him as he ministered, as he delivered demons, as he prayed for people. I will never forget the day, and I'm glad I had Depends diapers on when he said to me, "Call you come over here and pray that this be healed. It's like... (laughs) But I'm glad he pushed me right outside of my comfort zone because inside of me it was like, oh yeah, Bob can do that with the thought of, oh, yeah, Colin can do that? And Bob watched me as I went down on my hands, and I took somebody's legs. I think it was so ironic that God used what happened to my mom as the first one for me that I took, and all of a sudden I watched that person's leg grow. you got to recognize something goes off on the inside going, are you, are you serious? You mean God can do that through me as well? And as you grow in your understanding, you just come to a point and go, What well, okay. It's not about what I can do; it's about what Jesus in me can do. I've told you before about the young girl. A number of years ago, she was in college. On the Friday, she broke her collarbone. She went to the hospital. They put her in a sling. They're going, "We want to, we want to do surgery and cast it up." She goes, "No, can you wait till Monday? I'll come back Monday." They go, "How come?" I, she goes, "I want my pastor to pray for me." They thought she was a little crazy, but they let her out with a sling. At the break time on Sunday, she come up. She goes, "Pastor, call." She goes, "I broke my collarbone. Tomorrow they want to do surgery and put pins in there." But she says, would you pray for me? Because I believe that God wants to heal me. And I said, absolutely, I'll pray for you. I prayed for her. She went and sat down. After the service, she went home. She went to sleep and she woke up. Her collarbone was healed. She went back to the doctor on Monday morning. They did an x-ray. And the whole, the, the whole thing was completely healed. What the Holy Spirit is needing you and I to get is that we have been given Authority. It's not just Jesus who had it and it's not just the disciples who have it and it's not just the pastor who has it. Yes, I can go to Fiji and play for the brine and they go and wash in their eyes. I can, I can pray for those who are lame and they run down the road and they come back again. We can, go to, we can go to Kenya. I'll tell you, when I'm in Kenya, I almost never pray for people. Those of you on the team that came with me, you know that I almost never pray for people. Can I tell you why? Everybody expects the man of God to pray because they believe that when the man of God prays, things are going to happen. But when the man of God pulls people in front like a Duncan, pulls them in front like a Ken, pulls them in front, doesn't matter who they are, and they begin to pray, and people get healed through them. They begin to believe that if you're a believer, you got that authority. So, i just got to ask you a question. If you don't believe it, will you use it? If you don't believe it, will you use it? I told you last week about sitting with that man and as we were talking, he was a new age healer, all of a sudden he couldn't talk anymore. The spirit of God on the inside of me just gave me the words and I said, "In the name of Jesus, I command you to loose his voice." He began speaking again. He goes, "That was them. They don't want me to talk. They don't want me to they don't want me to get free here." That did something to me. I recognized, "Are you serious?" Are you serious that I have been given the authority by Jesus that I can speak to demons and they have to listen to me? Let me tell you one time I was in Rosehaven doing a chapel. used to do chapels in Rosehaven. And on a Sunday after service, went over there. All the residents were up there. And while I was up there at the front, all of a sudden this one lady in the front, she just began speaking and she was just like all over the place. I knew instantly it wasn't her speaking. It was disruption. She was loud, the whole deal. I just walked over to her and I said, In the name of Jesus, I command you to be silent. This is right in the middle of the service. I command you to be silent. I wasn't speaking to the woman. Because when you recognize your authority, you recognize you're not speaking to people, you're speaking to spirits. That spirit heard me. Instantly, that lady went totally silent. She was totally silent the whole way through. After the service was done, I went over and I talked to her. She goes, Pastor. She goes, I have not experienced peace and silence in my mind like I have this entire service. Are you serious that we have that kind of authority? I don't want you to raise your hand. But for those of us who've been exposed to the ministry of Neil Anderson, Neil Anderson shifted us and took us to another place of recognizing the power and the authority that's in the believer. I'll never forget when Neil Anderson made a statement. He says, when you're dealing with a demonic, he goes, it's not a power struggle, it's a truth encounter. It's a truth encounter. One of the things Neil Anderson said that literally changed my life, it was a a switch moment. There was a light that went on. He goes, not every thought you have is your thought. Not every thought you have is your thought. He goes, most people believe that if they have evil thoughts, that they must be evil. If they have bad thoughts, they must be bad. He goes, you need to recognize that not every thought is yours. He says, one of the things that we as believers have been given the ability to do, we have the ability to determine what goes on in our head. We are not powerless. Our head is not a living room that anybody can drive in and sit down and do whatever they want to do, bring their crap, bring their lies, bring their perversion, bring their doubt, bring their fear. They just come and plant in our living room and go, hey, I'm just going to hang out with you. Bring whatever because we're powerless to do. He's going, no, we have been given authority to determine what happens in our mind. I want to tell you there's a pile of people who've been Christians for years who do not yet know their authority to deal with their mind, to shut down the evil thoughts, the accusing thoughts, shut down the perversion, shut down the addiction pulls. They function like they're out of control. And the enemy loves it going, here's a believer. He's going, oh man, if they ever knew that they have power to shut all this down, I would lose my ability here. But they don't know. Let's just keep hammering them. The Apostle Paul says this. He says, as a believer, we have the authority to take every thought captive, find out, God, is this from you? If it's not from you, we're going to bring that thought into obedience. You are going to think what God has told you to think. The only thing that's going to be in your mind is what you choose to be. In fact, who made the statement and said, set your mind on Set your mind on those things that are good, pure, right, holy. Are you telling me that you and I have the authority to choose and to set our mind on what is right and pure and holy and peaceful? I never knew that even as a believer. I was like a pile of you that for a lot of years as a believer, I struggled with my mind. I struggled with my thoughts because I never learned that I had authority to determine what happens between these ears. I never knew that. And when the devil began losing ground and I began getting revelation that I have been given the authority to set my mind on those things that I want to set my mind on, my life began to change. Can I tell you why? Because as a man thinketh, as a man thinketh, nobody told me I had that authority. Nobody told me on thursday evening the worship team we came together we always sit around we just share and we talk i had them share the best bouquet of roses that the lord gave them in the last couple of weeks it's always beautiful to hear what what comes up uh see where is where duncan you're right there can i share your story came to duncan and duncan said duncan pulled up with the the truck and trailer from his work he had just done a delivery Duncan said, I'll, I'll tell you mine. He goes, I had a load on, and I was going to be taking it out to Red Deer Pinocchio somewhere out there. Pinocchio, I think. And he goes, I got in the truck, and I got this big load in the back end, and he goes, my brakes failed. My trailer brakes failed. And so he's going, okay, God. I mean, you can freak, but then he's going, okay, God. And so he, he's driving, and he's being very careful. And he gets to a point where he actually says, he, he said, you know what? He's just hit me. He said, I could speak to my truck. Now, can I just ask you again, how many of you were raised that you have the authority to speak to your truck? How many of you were raised that way? One, two, Josh Knights. I got to tell you, I was just sitting there and I was going, jo- uh, Duncan, I know, I know. I often look at Duncan and I go, man, I wish I had Duncan's upbringing. I wish I had his church background. When I saw him function in Kenya and exercise the authority that he believes he has, because he believes he has it now, people getting healed under his his touch, his ministry. But Duncan's at a point where the spirit just said to him, Duncan, speak to your truck. And he's not fighting it going, are you serious? You're crazy? Who would speak to their truck, right? I mean, Duncan goes, okay. He spoke to his truck, spoke to his brakes. And he goes, all of a sudden, Duncan, what happened? They worked all the way. Now, you and I can come up with a million reasons to go, oh, there must have been something electrical and, oh, he must have hit a bump and something just re-engaged. Oh, do whatever the flip you want to do. But when you got faith, you recognize you can speak to that thing and it happens. How come they didn't tell us that? I will never forget the story of the two young ladies that were driving. They ran out of gas. They're praying, God, they were 200 kilometers from where they had to go. Don't tell me why ladies ran out of gas. Let's not go there, Okay. They prayed and said, God, what do we do? God said, fill your tank with water. They took their cups, went to the ditch. They got the cups. They filled their gas tank full of water. Can I tell you, faith looks stupid unless you are working on the word of God. But they were working on the word of God. They filled their tank full of water. The Holy Spirit said, I want you to speak to that water. They spoke over that water They got in the vehicle, they turned the vehicle on, it ran. It ran all the way to the gas station. Then they filled it up with gas, and the car was absolutely fine. Why didn't they tell us when we got saved that not just Jesus had the ability to speak to water and turn it into wine, but if we get into a circumstance, we have the authority to speak to water and it will become obedient to what is spoken to it? Can I quote somebody? Can I quote somebody? Jesus made this statement. He said, if you tell this mountain to get up and go and jump in the ocean, and here's the kicker, and you believe what you say, basically, if you know your authority, that when you open your mouth, things are going to happen spiritually, if you believe that, watch that sucker fly. I'm the enemy. Your words are powerless. When you speak them, they accomplish nothing. You can't do what Jesus did. Mark 11 wasn't about you. Your words will be idle your entire life. You can speak and nothing's going to shake. You can speak to the fig tree and it won't die. You can talk to the water and it won't turn into wine. You can't do this. Until the light bulb goes on and go, are you serious? I'm a child of God. He has given me a voice. He has given me a voice that I can use in the name of Jesus. And with the authority that I have, I can begin to do what I never thought I could do before. If you believe it, will you do it? At the peak of my height, I was six foot four. I'm six foot three and three quarters right now. I'm six foot four and a half with my heels. When I wear my Air Nikes, I'm even taller. For years, because of my height, when I would sit in a place and slouch, I would get piercing posture headaches. You, you've heard me tell you. I will never forget we went to a conference that Jane had to be in Jasper. I went with her. I hung out at the lake and did the whole deal while she was in her conference thing. That night I woke up, I had an absolutely piercing headache. Piercing. I'd had them before. Have to take Tylenol. Have to take Advil. You put them together. I mean, that was the only thing that could kick this sucker. I remember being up in the middle of the night. The Lord said to me, call. I've given you my name. This was in ministry. I was in ministry already. He goes, I've given you my name. He goes, what's more powerful, Tylenol or my name? What's more powerful? Just choose, call. Just make a choice today. Now, he didn't say to me that whatever you choose is going to determine the outcome of where you're going to go with the rest of your life, but that's exactly what happened. I I was in a crisis position where he was asking me to choose. Are you going to trust Tylenol or are you going to begin exercising the authority that I've given you? I want to tell you, I went through a battle that night because I trusted Tylenol with all my heart. So do some of you. That night I had a battle. I cannot tell you, I was so tempted to take Tylenol. Can I say this to you? Whatever you are tempted to do, Reveals that it's evil because God will never tempt you. When you're tempted to go to that fridge at 11 o'clock at night, you know that's not God. When you're tempted to speed because you're late, you know that's not God. When you're tempted to keep watching that movie that you know is absolute filth for your soul and your spirit and you keep watching it, you know that's not God. Can I tell you everything you are tempted to do? I love when someone said, Have you ever been tempted to tithe? Have you ever been tempted to tithe? You're sitting there going, Oh, I just want to tithe, but I got to hold it back. I was in a battle. Because Tylenol had a hold on me. I had a belief system. I had a stronghold that said, When this happens, the only thing that breaks it is Tylenol. And the Spirit of God was just chipping away, going, Colin, get a revelation of your authority. Colin, I've given you the spoken word. Colin, I've given you my name. What are you going to do? I was in a crisis I tell you, I'm so thankful because that night I got up, Jane was sleeping, I got up, I went to the bathroom and I began speaking to the headache. That is the first night in my life in that battle that I went back to bed, that headache disappeared without me taking Tylenol and I woke up and I have not taken Tylenol for a posture headache since. Because when I feel that sucker coming on, I know my authority and guess what I do? I just popped the Jesus pill. I know my authority now over posture headaches. I know that. And I'm not phoning you going, hey, would you come pray for me? Ron and Rod, would you, we, you guys, I'll meet you at the church. I need you guys to pray for me. I don't do that anymore. Do you know why? Because a light went on and it said, "Call. you've got authority over that in your life. I believed it, and so guess what? I do it. Why didn't they tell us when we got saved? Why didn't our Sunday schools teach us to go, you don't have to be an adult, you don't have to be a pastor, all you got to do is believe and open your mouth and speak to it. Can I tell you, our kids up in kids' church, they're praying for one another, they're dealing with sickness, they're dealing with deal. Ron, how old was the kid in Bethel that came and prayed for you? How old was that kid? Six years years of age. Ron, we go into the healing room. Kid, six years of age comes up. He's going, can I pray for you? Holy Spirit's leading me to pray for you. Six years of age. Ron said no. (laughs) When Ron shared on the bus, that was one of the things that impacted him. A six-year-old comes up, prays for him, prays for him. He says, what's going on? He goes, I got an artificial leg. The kid got down there. There was no shame. Kid got down, grabbed onto Ron's leg, began praying for this. Are you serious? Who told this six-year-old kid that he's got authority to do that and believe that something can happen? I'll tell you, there's a generation rising up today where children are believing they have authority that most of us as adults still aren't at. And those kids are going to rise up and we're going to watch them begin to do exploits. They're going to begin to have their own book of Acts. We're going to watch these little kids six years of age walking up to strangers going, the Holy Spirit told me I need to pray for you. What is it? I'm just going to do it. There's no issue. There's no fear. There's no shame. There's no self-consciousness. There's none of that stuff. Why? Because somehow the light went on as a kid that they got the authority. I told you last Sunday, if I had the ability to do it, I would love to transport you with me and go back to the day on that hill when Jesus is in Bethany and he's looking down at his disciples. He's going, guys, church, solid rock, I want you to know all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. I'm going to give it to you. You just need to believe it. A world is waiting out there for someone who knows their authority. Can I tell you, the world was waiting for 12 disciples, 11, but they got rid of one and, and another one came in. The world was waiting for 12 men who believed that they could do what Jesus could do. They went out there and after they did it all, they went, hey, don't worship me. I'm nothing special. I'm doing this in the name of Jesus. If you get saved, you got the name of Jesus. You can do the same thing. Disciples said, you can do the same thing. This isn't about us. Not because This is about the name of Jesus. You believe it's going to be in you. You can do the same. They went out. We're here today because of that. I want to ask you one really dumb question and then we're going to end. How impressed is a dying world with a powerless church? How drawn to the kingdom of God is a dying world to a powerless, authorityless church? I'll tell you honestly, if I was still in a church I was raised in, I wouldn't be in church today. I wouldn't go. No life, no power, no authority. People pray they still died. How impressed is the dying world? They look and they go, the church is neutered. The church has no power. The church has no authority. They are no longer a functioning role in our society. They become a rotary club. Can I tell you, I believe God's changing that. I believe God is giving us a revelation that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. And that authority has been given to us as believers. We just got to believe it. What's it going to take to believe it? I don't know what it's going to take. Do you know why? Because most of us have been in church here for years and years and years. We've read the Bible for years and years and years. I'll tell you what it's going to take. When that word begins being taught and begins being preached and begins being exercised. I had a lady just last Sunday after spoken authority, she came up to me in the line and she says, call the next time you do a demonic deliverance, would you be open to invite me and, and have me be a part of that? She goes, I want to be a part of it because I want to begin to grow and learn. This is a senior lady in our church. Most seniors are looking for comfort. This lady is, I want to step into the demonic realm and I want to begin to exercise an authority. I'm believing that what you're saying is true. I said, gee, I've never had anybody sign up on the list of going, hey, you want to go deliver a demon today? I said, you bet I will. Because that's how it began with us. The pastor took Jane and I into the room. I told you last Sunday, we sat there going, holy smoke, look at them frothing, look at them rolling, doing the whole deal. And like I said to you, I'm so thankful that doesn't happen anymore because they didn't know their full authority. Now we do. They don't froth anymore. They don't roll anymore. You got the ability to shut them up. You don't give them space, give them room. We determine what happens in that room, not them. Any of you who have ever heard Andrew Walmack speak, he talks about in his home growing up, there was one room, they closed the door for 20 years because it was possessed. They were afraid of it. He remembers it as a kid. He grew up the entire life. He went away to school. He was 20-some years of age. He came back home. He goes, this is crazy. We're out of control in our own home. He talks one day, he goes into that home. He was there on the weekend from school or wherever he was. He opens up the door, he looks in, and the Holy Spirit opened his eyes and allowed him to see the demons that were in that room. And he goes, they were like three inches tall. He goes, we had turned them into Goliaths. We lived in fear of them for a year, 20 years it was locked up. He said he looked at those things, he spoke to them and said, in the name of Jesus, get the hell out of here. Gone! That room was freed. And they had their house back had a lady only a couple weeks ago. She doesn't go to our church. She got a house in town. She's renting it. She goes, Pastor Call, would you and your wife come over? I need you to clean our house out. We're setting up a meeting to go and clean their house out. had a policeman in our community this past week. had a meeting with them on the street, talked to them. They began telling me some of the issues in their life. About 20 minutes after, they texted me. And they said, Pastor Call, I need you to pray for me. Would you come and pray for me this week? I'm going to pray for a policeman in our society this week who recognizes the authority inside of me to deal with the crap that him with his badge and all his schooling and his big gun can't deal with. Somehow he recognizes my gun is bigger than his. How big is your gun? Let me tell you a truth that you're going to struggle believing it's the same size as Jesus' gun. I recognize today, and the Holy Spirit said to me very carefully, Call, I want you to know today that there is going to be some who believe what you say and there's going to be some who don't. He says, don't let that discourage you. Pfft. When I go feed my cows, I dump the feed off. There are some who come and eat, and there are some who don't. That doesn't discourage me. But I want to tell you what I do know. I believe the heart of the Father is that every one of us, as his children, recognize our authority. I don't care what our background, I don't care what our teaching, I don't care what our experience has been or not been, I believe the heart of the Father is to do with us what he did with every one of his disciples. Turn the switch on and go, all authority has been given to me. I'm giving it to you. Believe it. And begin exercising it. Is Dana able to, or Zach, can I have you come? Would you bow with me this morning for just a moment? Holy Spirit, I recognize really clearly it is not going to be my words today that change anybody, that turn anybody light bulb on. It's not going to be my words, it's going to be you speaking. I ask you right now, Holy Spirit, in the heart and the mind of every person under the sound of my voice in this room, on the computer, through the CDs, wherever this word goes, I ask Holy Spirit that you right now would release a grace and a power that enables us to believe Jesus you first want us to recognize that what you did on the cross of Calvary and what you did rising again from the dead put you in a position that you now were back in authority over everything in heaven and everything on earth you took it away from the enemy and now it was yours we believe that What we need is your empowerment to believe that it's not just with you, but like you did with the disciples. You give it to us to not only do what you did, but I quote you, Jesus, even greater. So right now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would begin to powerfully speak into the heart of every person who has ears to hear. Begin to speak. It's your words that change. It's your words that bring faith. It is your words that transform. It is your words that turn the light bulb on. It is your words that cause us to believe. Father, we know your heart. Your heart was to empower those who believe to not be sucked out of this world but to stay in this world because it needs us. It doesn't need powerless people, it doesn't need people of form, it doesn't need people of ritual, doesn't need people who go through the motions. But it needs a people who function with power and authority to bring about change, lasting change in people's lives and circumstances, in politics, in weather, in whatever. I thank you that there is a generation of young people that are being raised up today who with childlike faith are understanding their power and their authority. Understand that when they pray, things happen. Understand that with the spoken word using Jesus' name, it's not age-specific, it's belief-specific. But Father, you're not wanting us just to wait for that young generation to rise up. You are wanting to shift us and to move us to a place where we recognize This is for those who believe doesn't matter race doesn't matter background doesn't matter age doesn't matter where we come from doesn't matter whether we were raised in a Christian home or in a pagan home for those who believe you give the authority and we begin to do what you did I just need to speak over as I began speaking about taking authority over our thoughts and over our mind there are some of you in here today who have battled with that You've not recognized that you have the ability to set your mind. You've not recognized you have the ability to control your thoughts. You've not recognized that you have power and authority to determine what happens upstairs. You have been the victim. You have been powerless. And it has affected you for years. There are some of you who have struggled with depression. Some of you, you struggle with heaviness. There are some of you who struggle with purity inside of your mind. There are some of you who struggle with the fiery darts of unworthiness that come. Today, the Holy Spirit is saying to you, I am releasing over you an authority to take back the territory the enemy has stolen. for you to become the one who determines what happens in the living room of your mind for you to be the one who exercises authority removes the enemy and brings your mind to a place of peace again. That's you today. I don't want you to stand. I don't want you to raise your hand. I don't want you to identify yourself in every way because the Holy Spirit knows exactly who you are. But if that is you, I speak over you now in the name of Jesus. I release a revelation over you today that you have been given the authority by Jesus Christ, who is above all heaven and all earth. You have been given the authority to take every thought captive and bring it into obedience of Christ's thoughts. I declare to you today you are not powerless and you are not a victim. I declare to you today that the power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of you and you now have the ability to set your mind upon those things which are good and holy and pure and for you to have the mind of Christ to walk with peace and as a man thinketh, so you will be. I declare that all that has been stolen over you because you have not had control of your mind and thoughts is being undone right now in Jesus' name. And I declare that the new thoughts that you have will bring about a transformation in your life and you will become what the mind of Christ says. I prophetically declare peace and freedom over you in Jesus' name. came to set the captive free, Jesus. There are many of your children who have been in bondage in their mind for years because they didn't know their authority. Today, change that. Change that. Holy Spirit, right now I ask you would seal whatever you spoke into the heart and mind of every person in this place who heard and received. Seal it right now. Don't let it be stolen. Don't let it be forgotten. Walking out these doors. transform us by the renewing of our minds. The Holy Spirit recorded a story of a centurion who came to Jesus who had a sick daughter or servant, and Jesus said, I'll come with you, and the centurion says, no, 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 you don't need to come. I'm not worthy to have you come in my home. All I need you to do is speak a word where you are, and my daughter, my servant will be healed. Jesus looks and goes. I have never found such faith in all Israel because this man understands authority. I release a revelation of the understanding of authority into the heart and mind of every person under the sound of my voice, a revelation of authority. And when it comes, we will begin to exercise it under the leading of the Holy Spirit. I declare the day of form is over. I declare the day of powerlessness is over. I declare the day of unbelief is over. I declare the day of the traditional church is over. I declare today that there is a body of Christ rising up who understands their authority, who is transforming every place that we are put by the Spirit of God. For the glory of your name, Jesus. For the glory of your name. I declare to you today what you already know. The Lord has blessed you and He's keeping you. The Lord has caused His face to shine on you and He has been incredibly gracious to you. The Lord has lifted up His countenance upon you and He has filled you with His peace and a revelation of the authority that He has given to you. I declare that in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And everybody believing and receiving said, an awesome day. We'll see you next Sunday.